and told us to be the change we wish to see in the world. Freedom's crawling, I feel the fire that's deep inside us. Everybody wants change, but tell me who will guide us. To the leaders that pass away, put up your lighters. It's a beautiful struggle, but it cannot divide us. We're the ones that we've always been waiting for. See yourself in the mirror and open up the door. Walk through it and feel the love throughout your pores. Be the light, life's purpose is to feel joy. Life's purpose is to feel joy. Damn, I love that line. Life's purpose is to feel joy. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what it's all about. Living your life, feeling joy. Best way to feel joy is to share the love. Shout the people that you love with love and show them the way that you feel. Be the change that you want to see in the world. Bring about positivity and have that positivity return to you. Boom! All right, so ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, brothers and sisters around the world, I thought I would drop a podcast here. Talk about a very controversial topic. Uh, now, the title of this, uh, this podcast is Feminism. Is feminism for everyone? That is the question, right? That is the question that is on many a minds. Now, I'm sure a lot of feminists out there would be very offended by even posing that question. Oh, my God. Everyone knows that feminism is for everyone. Like, how? why would you even ask such a question? Oh, my God. You're such, like, a, a sexist, transphobic, homophobic, cisgender, um, weird person. I just don't like you. Oh, my God. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You find... Most questions, most concepts require definition. Most people have a very different idea of what feminism is. And depending on how you define feminism, you will find that you may have a different answer. I recently read a book called Feminism is for Everyone. One of my friends who I've been having a lot of tumultuous conversations with in regards to feminism recommended I read this book, so I did. And I thought I'd give a bit of a critique of the book, talk about my thoughts. I come from a very libertarian mindset, someone that believes in sovereignty of the individual, believes that uh, you have a right to do whatever you want, provided you're not harming anyone in the process, you're not causing any direct harm. And it's funny, as I say that, I'm sure most people are in agreement with that idea. Yeah, man, like non-violence, everyone's for that. But you find, like with most concepts, uh, people have a different idea of what violence is. So even though I say that I believe in no violence as a libertarian, uh, within the libertarian school of thought, you define violence in a very strict manner. You don't believe in the use of force or fraud. No assault, no rape, no theft. Libertarians believe in property rights, so essentially you can't have someone take something that is not yours. You can't have the government take money by force and call it taxation <laughs> and then use it to do whatever they want. I mean, ultimately, libertarianism defines violence in very specific uh, margins. But you find people interpret violence in other ways, and therefore they say they believe in nonviolence. But there's always this disconnect, this uh, this tumultuous conversation that takes place between the leftists versus the libertarians. Uh, um, a, a lot of leftists believe in things such as emotional violence, for instance, or or hate speech. The idea that by saying certain things that offend you, they are violent, or more importantly, they have a right to restrict you from saying those things, which essentially becomes a form of violence because you are obviously going to defend your right to speak, and eventually someone is being the initiator. So what happens is even though you think you have this idea of nonviolence, you find that you're at odds with what you actually perceive as being violent. And that's what leads to the ah the disconnect. And the same thing happens with feminism. So let's have a look at feminism. Let's get into this. You ready for it? Take a deep breath. Buckle up, bitches. Oh, wait, wait. I can't say that. Buckle up. Beautiful individual <laughs> uh, um, transphobic <laughs> or non-transphobic uh, charming hose. 
was trying to. <laughs> I seriously though, no offense. I'm just trying to be silly. Uh, don't be offended by this video. I I simply wanted to do an honest critique of this book. So let's have a look at this. Let's have a look at how we define feminism. Most people define feminism by speaking about the social, economic, and political equality of the sexes. Right? Now that sounds like a beautiful idea. Who doesn't want that? But you find people have different ideas of what equality is. From a libertarian mindset, of course, I believe in equality of rights. I believe in equality of individuals. I don't believe that anyone should have more rights than anyone else. I believe in, essentially, people being able to do anything they want, uh, only restricted by the equal rights of others. So, obviously, I'm allowed to do what I want, provided I'm not violating you. I'm not causing any harm to you directly. No force or fraud. So, this has to do with specific violence here. So, initiation of force, physical force, assault, force, fraud, uh, theft, uh, trespassing. These are the ideas that you have within libertarian philosophy, the basic common law, which has been established in the United States Constitution. Um, in fact, the basis of uh, the United States Con Constitution is this idea of libertarianism, but obviously through time it's been obfuscated. Anyway, I digress. You find a lot of feminists, though, they bring up concepts like sexism and uh, racism. They look at things along the lines of emotional violence, all these other forms of, of violence. And uh, more importantly, in regards to feminism, they believe that whereas people should be equal... They believe in equality of outcome. They believe that ultimately any individual, regardless of their race, regardless of their sex, should be entitled to the same level of success as any other individual. So obviously we should have same level of pay, same level of wealth, same level of status. But of course the reality is we're, we're, we're not all the same. I mean, as far as us having the same opportunities, I believe in that, equality of opportunity. But... As far as us getting the same results, we may not get the same results by virtue of us just simply being different people. I'm a black man. You may be a white individual. We're going to be better at different things. I'm a terrible swimmer. You find, generally speaking, <laughs> not to sound racist, but yeah, black people don't tend to be very good swimmers. Uh, apparently, they have negative buoyancy, and this is one of the reasons there's been a, been a very small amount of uh, black men that have made it uh, as Navy SEALs. Um, in contrast, you find a lot of um, West Africans, uh, people from the Nigeria, Ghana, from the West African diaspora, tend to be very good sprinters. Most of the people in the world that have succeeded in the 100 meters as being the, the best sprinters in the world have actually come from the, uh, the West African diaspora. In fact, the 100 meter finals are dominated by people from West Africa. Now, <laughs> I bring this up because if you are trying to have everyone equal, if you're, if you're trying to have that, let's, let's take, let's take uh, um, you know, people from different races, and if they're just naturally not able to compete on that same level. I mean, you can make the argument that there is not equality because these white or other race people are not able to perform on the same level of 100 meters as these black individuals, and it becomes hard to have equality of outcome. I mean, the only way you're going to have equality of outcome in certain situations is to take away what someone else has. So if I'm a if I'm a normal human being and I want to go up against a gorilla in a fight, now, we're not going to be equal in strength no matter what you do. The only way to make that gorilla on my level is to somehow disadvantage that gorilla. And this is what happens when you, when you look at equality of outcome. I mean, the reality is men and women are not the same. And uh, I think when we're looking at the concept of equality of, well, equality in general, 
A lot of feminists look at equality along the lines of equality of outcome. They want to have economic equality, meaning they want to be able to simply just have the same amount of wealth as any other individual, even though they may not have worked as hard, they may not be qualified as much, or they simply just don't have the natural abilities to have that kind of wealth. They, they want to have the same level of social status when the market just doesn't deem them as being, uh, as being uh, favorable enough. And these are things that are, to some extent, outside of your control. I mean, we're we're all born with certain abilities. I mean, the, the fact that you are the fact that you're a man or a woman or you're of a particular race means, yeah, you're not going to look the same. Um, I mean, just looking at this in, in specific margins, obviously, men tend to be bigger uh, in size, tend to be stronger than women, tend to uh, weigh more. So. <laughs> I mean, if you have a look at these biological factors, obviously they're going to influence your life. I mean, not just on a physical level, uh, but you have a look at going through life and how these characteristics even end up influencing your psychology. People treat you differently depending on whether you're overweight, depending on how tall you are, how attractive you are, which is obviously going to have an impact on your psychology. And what happens is your entire reality changes because of that. You may become uh, more... feminine or more masculine or just develop certain characteristics because of the, the the characteristics that you have as an individual. I mean, everything about you is shaping you on some level. And if it turns out that because of your uh, born characteristics, you end up having a personality type that doesn't allow you to become successful, achieve the same level of outcome as other people, that's reality. And of course, if you're taking on the attitude of equality of outcome, your idea is that everyone should have the same level of status, the same level of intelligence, and it's just not practical. So, in short, a lot of the disconnect, I think, comes down to the way in which people define equality when they're speaking about feminism. You find most feminists advocate for equality of outcome, and they're willing to go about arriving at this through uh, public... uh, public uh, projects, so trying to uh, to give more uh, privileges to women, or you know, some, or sometimes by just changing the media by the status quo. My issue is how this stuff is done. Now, if you want to achieve something in this world, that's fine, but it's always how you do it. If you want, if you want to take money from people, if you want to steal people's money in order to promote feminism. I'm not down with that. If you want to restrict people's rights to be able to speak their mind, so take away freedom of speech, prevent people from being able to associate with who they want to, I'm not down with that because you're violating their their, their natural rights, their ability to do whatever they want, provided they're not harming anyone in the process. This is the fundamental idea behind libertarianism, behind common law. So, you know what? Personally, I, I'm down with feminists adv- trying to advocate for equality of outcome, even if it's not necessarily, gonna, it, necessarily a good idea, I mean, if you want to advocate for something which I don't think is going to happen, because the reality of the situation is that uh, men and women are in, in, inherently different, and they're going to gravitate towards different things when you're talking about uh, the STEM fields, so science, uh, technology, engineering, and mathematics, you do find that there are more men within these areas, and this is statistically very, very clear, and you find that um, even though we've been giving a lot of women more opportunities to enter these fields, it's not being reflected in the outcome. You're finding that more men are en- ending up in these fields because men seem to just gravitate to this. If you want to keep on changing the, uh, the, the society so you can get this, this skewed outcome of women being in these fields, I mean, you can try, but it's how you're going about it. If you want to restrict someone's rights to do that, restrict individuals from being able to speak their mind, not down with that. Anyway, 
I've already gone into a rant. Let's get into some of the uh, the issues that I had with feminism is for everyone. So, actually, first of all, let's let's start. Let's talk about the things that I actually agreed with. Uh, one of the things I loved about the uh, book, which I am very much in favor of, is the idea of the sacred feminine. This is the spiritual approach towards uh, feminism. The the author Bell Hooks talks about how feminism is essentially uh, on a spiritual level. It's trying to acquiesce to this new age concept of the sacred feminine, which is all about one intuition, uh, uh, compassion. I mean, these qualities that you find within the feminine. Generally speaking, these are archetype, archetypes, mind you. The idea of being non-aggressive, like the whole concept of the non-aggression principle, which is a concept in uh, libertarianism. This is the sacred feminine. It, it's this idea of not using force, not wanting to dominate, not wanting to have power and control, wanting to have uh, peace, peaceful coexistence with human beings, not using any uh, any forceful uh, approaches towards or arriving at things. This is the concept of libertarianism, voluntarism, um, strangely enough. And this is something I'm very much down with. And granted, this is not always uh, manifested within the current ideals of feminism, particularly third-wave feminism that we're seeing at the moment. I think uh, initially, I mean, this, is, this was the main thrust of feminism. Um, First-wave feminism, second-wave fe feminism, these were things that I could get on board with. A woman's right to vote, of course, a woman has every right that a man should have, or any other individual should have for that matter. In fact, I, I even hate the idea of looking at groups. I mean, <laughs> the whole thing is ridiculous. Bottom line is, as an individual sentient being, you have a right to do whatever you want, provided you are not initiating violence. You have a right to your, your own body, to do what you want with your own body, to uh, to live your life, to to, to the, the pursuit of happiness, as uh, the Founding Fathers uh, uh, expressed within the Declaration of Independence. Uh, your eudaimonia, as Aristotle uh, would make reference to, the idea of living life for your own personal flourishing, provided you are not violating anyone else's rights. And this is something that was encapsulated within first-wave, second-wave feminism. Women should be, gi should be given the same rights. But the issue lies in people wanting to have other people perceive them in a particular way. For instance, one of the issues that I have, in fact... <laughs> Let's let's keep it let's keep it on some of the pros over here before we go into any of the cons. So, so obviously I'm in line with the sacred feminine. I'm also in line with the idea of uh, women having reproductive rights. I mean the the fundamental idea of women being able to own their body, 100%. Bearing in mind that historically, uh, giving birth for women has been an incredibly difficult, traumatic thing. They, there was a huge percentage, a high percentage of women that would actually die through childbirth. Um, this is a few hundred years ago. And even to this day, there are complications. And bearing in mind that you cannot force a woman uh, to, to use herself as an incubator to, to birth something into existence, regardless of how selfish it may seem. I mean, you have sovereignty over your own body. In the same way that I could not force you if you had found, if you'd been raped or God forbid anything else had happened to you. Hell, some alien decides to implant some some fetus within you. You have every single right to to uh, remove that fetus from your body because you own your body, regardless of the consequences of that. So I'm definitely in line with the concept of reproductive rights for women. I mean, that's in line with classical liberalism, classical liberalism, libertarianism, the idea of the self-defense principle, the masculine principle, the idea of someone's right to defend themselves, use their body as they want. Totally down with that. So that's one of the things I did like that's perpetuated within feminism, this concept of women 
having reproductive rights, and they speak about how that's benefited them, that's, that's given them a lot, lot more sexual freedom, be able to have sex with whoever they want. And you can look at that as a positive thing or, ne- or a negative thing. I know a lot of conservatives look at it as a negative thing because they, uh, they, they obviously prefer the traditional ideals of a woman remaining chaste, a woman remaining pure. And this idea of, of selfishness, of, of a woman not considering how, how uh, her choices are impacting um, other, people, like the, other people, like the life of fetus, that's a concern to a lot of conservatives. But purely to me, as a libertarian, I believe in someone's ability to make decisions for themselves uh, when it's concerning their own uh, body. I believe in the sovereignty of the individual. If an individual does not have sovereignty of themselves, they don't have any freedom whatsoever. So, once again, totally down with that. Um, Another thing that I did love about the book is this concept of trying to maximize women's ability in the the workplace. I mean, this isn't something that came about from the book, but this is just the concept of trying to give women opportunities to be the best that they can be. I mean, ultimately, you're trying to create this world. This is one of the things in feminism that um, I think the way they go about it is the wrong way, but it is something that I can get down with. Ultimately, I personally want to live in a world where everyone is able to reach their maximum potential. If we can change society in a way where we can allow women to flourish, to reach their maximum potential, provided it is done voluntarily, so we can somehow convince people to be more accepting, to not be discriminatory, not to be sexist, and to allow these women to flourish. I am totally down with that. And I think to live in a world where we fully maximize the the abilities of a woman, no one's going to have an issue with that, unless, of course, you're truly <laughs> someone that doesn't even want the best for yourself, because you're going to benefit from this stuff as well. <laughs> I mean, I... I personally would love to live in a world where we are, where we're more looked after, we're more nurtured, or we just have better technology. And if we can get women, I'm sure they they have different ways of seeing things in these STEM fields: so science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and they can give you insights into developing things. I'm obviously going to benefit from that, and I'm down with that. So the, the the main goal of feminism of trying to give more opportunities to allow women to thrive, totally on board with. Done. So now let's get back, let's get into some of the negatives, which there are, mind you, a lot of. So obviously I've spoken about the concept of equality of outcome, the idea of trying to arrive at equality. Like the the sheer fact that we have inequality in the world is not a bad thing. We all as human beings choose how we want to devote our time and our energy. And as a result, we end up with different results. If I, as an individual, want to focus my energy on making music, on the arts, on on whatever I deem fit along the creative realm. Obviously, I'm going to have different results. I'm going to be more talented. I may get opportunities to perform, may get opportunities to, uh, to be in movies, etc., as opposed to someone that devotes their time and energy towards becoming more uh, successful on, on a material level, like amassing more physical wealth or money. Obviously, they devoted their time and energy, and they're going to have different things. And you, they have, obviously, more wealth, but I may have more other opportunities. The problem is people only see inequality along one particular variable. They say, oh, these rich people, they have so much money. Yeah, they may have a lot of money, but they don't have necessarily the social connections that you have, that you've cultivated by devoting your time and energy towards nurturing your friendships and being caught up in creativity. They may not have a nourished soul like you. The idea is saying that because there's this inequality in one variable in wealth and money, that that's somehow a bad thing overlooking the fact that people have just devoted their time and energy towards different areas, therefore have arrived at different outcomes. 
I think is missing the whole point. So personally, I do not see a problem with inequality. I don't see a pr problem with having different outcomes because we're all individuals and we all get to decide what we focus our time and energy on. I personally think um, equity is a horrible idea because I think the idea of us all having the same outcome in a particular field, <laughs> it first of all, I don't even believe that's going to happen. And it takes away people focusing on what they're more naturally inclined to do or want to do for that matter. I mean, look, if women want to get, get into fields that they naturally are not found in, I'm totally on board with that. Give them as much opportunity as they can. Once again, make sure it's voluntary. However, uh, if, you're, if, you're trying to for, if you're trying to engineer people to be interested in things that they're just naturally not interested in, that's going to that's that's have problems. So obviously I have an issue with equality of outcome. Another issue I have a massive problem with is this concept of domination that was spoken about within Feminism is for Everyone by Bell Hooks. The idea of domination being an inherently bad thing, like the idea of domination somehow suffocating love. I like the idea of there being this interplay within all interactions. I mean, I think there is this alchemy of opposites that takes place within sexual interaction. I mean, the fact that women, generally speaking here, I need to preface this, tend to be different. I'm, I'm, I like that I'm attracted to the fact that women are very different to me as a human being. I personally am not attracted to people that have the same qualities to me. They tend to be more um, nurturing, more submissive, the girls that I'm attracted to anyway. The idea of 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 domination, the idea, for instance, on a sexual level, the idea of um being some some guys like being dominated by women sexually. Nothing wrong with that. The idea of saying that it's inherently bad when one person has more power, whether it's on a sexual level or whether it's on any level. I mean, the fact of the matter is, if it is voluntary, provided people want to be in these relationships, there's nothing wrong with it. I personally am attracted to women that tend to be more submissive, that tend to be more shy, that tend to have these... Uh, I, whenever I find someone that talks as much as I do and is very uh, self-centered in their thinking, it's not... I mean, if I'm looking for a partner, I don't find it as attractive. I, want, I personally would expect that uh, a woman is at least more compassionate than I am, at least more... Uh, uh, better in certain ways, and whereas I would expect to be better in other ways, I would I would I would expect to be physically stronger, um, bolder. I mean, I like the idea of men having the courage to actually go for what they want. Only the brave deserve the fair. I think the idea of a woman being with a man that doesn't even have the, the courage to pursue what they want to pursue a lady—that's not a cool thing. So if if you are having qualities, for instance, that make you more domineering, like you're more aggressive, these qualities that I would associate with masculinity, generally speaking, as an archetype, I do not see any issue with that. And the idea of saying domination in of itself is a bad thing and it takes away from, from true love is something that I very much disagree with. I think there is always this interplay, whether it's on a sexual level or any interaction. You have people that are sometimes more intelligent than you, more talkative than you, are more assertive, more aggressive than you are. And sometimes it's good to be around people like that, to take a step back. You learn from them. When I'm around people that are... Uh, the, there's this concept in Japan called Amaya, where the Japanese, they like the idea of having temporary release from having to take on the reins of control. They like, like giving this up to their, their parents, to their government. And this is the concept of Amaya, like the idea of not having to, uh, to be the one that's in charge, not to, not to be the one that's dominating, just to sit back, take a back seat, and let someone else take the reins of power. A lot of people like that. Now, personally, I don't like that. But who am I to say that someone doesn't have a right to enjoy that? In fact, I want to show you this video. You'll find this really interesting. This shows the, <laughs> the, 
the culture in, uh, I believe it's Albania, how many of the women in Albania, I think a, a huge percentage of them, actually enjoy being dominated. What's worse, enjoy having their men beat them. So, <laughs> brace yourself. This is, uh, this is pretty shocking, but let's see if I can load up this video here. Do, 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 do. All right, all right, all right. So, let's do this thing. Okay. You'll have to just bear with me over here as I get my computer all set up here. Okay, let's get this thing rocking. Let's get this thing rocking. All right. So this is what happens in uh, Albania. A man doesn't beat... Wait, wait, let's check this out. This is crazy. A man doesn't beat his wife... A man who doesn't beat his wife isn't a man. This is what this Albanian lady says. Let's see what she has to say. If a man doesn't beat her wife, it doesn't make her feel like a real man. I'm paraphrasing here, but that's... It doesn't make her feel loved or something like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, apparently... uh. Uh, the answers people gave in a TV report about domestic violence in Algeria proved to be very fascinating, to say the least. Okay, let's check this out. So a lot of people are getting very angry about this. And the one thing people got to bear in mind is that people... I mean, what do you do in a situation where women actually enjoy this sexism or this... Uh, what you call violence. I mean, it's not violence if it's voluntary, right? If someone actually wants to be smacked, wants to be beaten up, it, it turns them on. I mean, people have some weird sexual habits. Who am I to say that they they shouldn't have that done to them? Uh, psychologically sick, someone says. I want to leave this planet. But this woman wasn't the only one with this view. So, when she angers me a lot, I beat her. This is what one of these Albanians is saying. <laughs> That's, uh, smack you in the face, man. I, I, I can't believe people can actually say this kind of shit in Albania, but it just shows the cultural uh, distinction here. You beat her? Yeah, I, yes, I do. <laughs> You beat her hard? No, no, I beat her normally. <laughs> Look, I'm laughing because this is so ridiculous. Just the casual nature of the pe people there seem to uh, apply when it comes to beating their women. With a slap or so. I beat her normally with a slap. Have you ever beaten your wife? Sometimes. You know, you need to beat your wife every once in a while. You must, you must beat your wife to make her happy to, to be with you. <laughs> When she annoys me, if you come home from work, something is not there, you get mad. Oh, yeah, so it's okay if I get home and I don't have what I want. Um, yeah, I'm allowed to smack my... Beating her is something logical. Oh, okay. If she doesn't get beaten and is not taken on the path, she won't succeed. So this is this seems like it has a religious connotation here. It's like for you to be on the right path, I must beat you. I beat you because I love you. 
Sometimes he beats me, but the th- here's the f- he's the fucked up. Th- many these women enjoy it. It's like yeah, because he loves me. Yeah, sometimes he beats me. I don't have a problem with that. And here you can make the argument that you know it's exploitation, but here's the thing: it's voluntary. Who the hell am I to say that it's wrong for you to be in a partnership where someone does that to you if you want that, if you want them to do that? Huh? I mean, they can look at the what, what goes on in our society equally. So they could say that it's fucked up. This idea that these these men are not taking care of their women because they're not beating them up or because they're not allowing them to uh, uh, to be men. I mean, they could have their own perspective. I mean, the bottom line is, I don't think I have a place to to tell them what they're doing is wrong if this is what they want. And I know a lot of feminists get really wild up watching videos like this, but. What are you going to do? You're going to jump in this country and beat up these men because their women enjoy being beaten up? My luck is on me. Sixty percent of Algerian women think a husband has the right to beat his wife. Well, that's fucked up. But here's the thing: it's it's one thing if you think it's a, okay. I mean, that's 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 fucked up. But if you are happy that being done to you and you want that, hey, that's your life, not mine. More than 8,000 women were victims of violence in Algeria in 2016. Well, was it voluntary violence? Because if it's voluntary, I mean, I don't think it's technically violence. If I ask someone to slap me on the dick, and I get some kind of weird sexual enjoyment from that, well, I don't really think it's violence. More, it's, it's kind of like just a weird kind of sexual <laughs> thing that I, I enjoy, right? So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, many Muslims in Algeria, it seems, enjoy, many Muslim women enjoy having their men beat them up. And who am I to say that there's anything wrong with that? It's crazy, but that's the crazy world that we live in, right? That's the crazy world we live in. Oh, my God. All right, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me, uh, let, me get back to, uh, let me get back to this here. So... Yeah, one of the one of the issues that I took with uh, with feminism is for everyone is this idea that domination is necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. This comes down to uh, you know what you're into. <laughs> and of course, the biggest issue I have is with the gender pay gap, and this comes down to equality of outcome once again. I mean, look, I, I often like to use the analogy that if I am um, if I'm let's, some kind of um, <laughs> activist for, let's say black men being in the Navy SEALs and there's only a small amount of black men in the Navy SEALs and I want to have equality of outcome. We've got to have an equal amount of people of all of all uh, sexes, all races for that matter. I mean, the reality is this is a, this, the Navy SEALs elite of the elite uh, military people, all right, in the United States. They're considered to be one of the best in the world, right? Now, obviously, they have certain requirements in order for you to, uh, to become a Navy SEAL. Now, um, granted, I have. I, by the way, I can proudly say I I went on the site and like I had to look at all the requirements, all the fitness requirements, and I said after watching this documentary about um, joining the Navy SEALs, how they go through Hell Camp and whatnot, I I had to look at all of the all the requirements, that, all the recommendations that you have to follow, or you have to meet rather, in order to uh, even try out for it. And I set myself this goal of meeting all of them. Of, of hitting all the recommended targets, and I blitzed it. But the only area that I totally, <laughs> in fact, I'd even try and was the, this, was the swimming, because, you know, black people can't swim, yo. 
<laughs> which is not true, not true. But generally speaking, you find that um, statistically across the board, you find that a lot of black people have difficulty making the Navy SEALs because they have negative buoyancy. They, there are certain tasks that you must undergo in the Navy SEALs, and it makes it difficult if you don't have buoyancy. I mean, there's this task you have to do where you're, you have to float in a pool with your hands tied behind your back or something like that. And it's, it's pretty difficult if you're someone that doesn't float well. And a lot of black people find themselves in this category. So, in fact, uh, I remember David Goggins talking about this, that uh, he struggled trying to make the Navy SEALs. He was one of the very few black men that did because, yeah, generally speaking, black people don't tend to make good candidates for the Navy SEALs. But, look, the point I'm trying to make here is that if you're taking on this route of wanting to have an equal amount of black people in the Navy SEALs, when statistically, just generally speaking, they're just not... Uh, they just don't have the, na- the the right abilities for it. I mean, the only way you can do that is one either lower the requirements, and I think that was a, that's a horrible idea because I mean you're ultimately trying to make this uh, this force the best of the best, and if you're going to lower the standards like they've done in Israel, they've been recently trying to consider lowering the standards for for uh, for for ma- making the military because so many women are, are failing and not able to ma- meet the physical requirements. I mean, it, it kind of defeats the purpose. I mean, the other route is you can you can quite try to change the uh, uh, the environment, the society, and try to I guess educate black people or just change their <laughs> biology for that matter to make them more buoyant. But the reality of the situation is that you will find certain groups of people being better, more proficient at certain things. And if your approach is to try to get equality of outcome, well, you're not only going to struggle to do that, but it's kind of unwise and stupid. That's the point I'm trying to make here. So. When it comes to the gender pay gap, I think it's the same thing. You have a look at the idea of women having the same pay as men, and what what is it? Some, something like you know, get seventy seventy cents to a dollar. They say, but the reality is there are many factors, many factors as to why women are not getting paid the same amount as men. And the fact, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that women towards the later stages of their life, in their late 20s or uh, 30s, they tend to want to have family. Want families want to have kids. I mean, if you're taking maternity leave, you're leaving your career. You're making a choice to give up your, uh, your monetary success or career success in order to have more time with your family. That is a choice that you make. It's not an inequality thing. Now, granted, you may be losing uh, the monetary uh, value that you create from working so to speak, uh, you may be getting benefit in other areas of your life, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But my point is that, obviously, factors like taking time out of your job to go and have babies is going to seriously affect your your pay. Other factors like men being willing to do more dangerous jobs. This is something that happens. There are so many reasons, but I think people get the idea here. In fact, there's this book, 42 Reasons Why Men Get Paid More Than than Women. There's so many different reasons. And the idea is just simply saying, oh, well, I don't get paid as much as you. I don't care about whether or not I, ha- I have the same ability. I just want to get paid the same. It's a very entitled attitude that comes from envy, comes from a very toxic feminine app. <laughs> Toxic feminine place, in my opinion, like this idea of self entitlement. I mean, look, this isn't this isn't something that is 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 obviously limited to uh, women. It's limited. To, it's it's something that everyone has. Like this envy. Oh, this person's doing better than me. I want to do better. Well, what you should do is work harder. What you should do is improve yourself. Work twice as hard if you want to get into an area where people of your group are not in. Rather than whining and whining and expecting handouts and having this victim mentality, that doesn't serve anyone. All right, so another issue I had, no, I mean, this is the, the basis of feminism, and I guess I have an issue with 
all of feminism by saying I have an issue with this. Bell Hooks describes feminism not about men and women, but about sexism. Not believing that it is wrong to have pre- prejudice towards sexes. Like the whole idea of sexism being around, uh, being prejudiced towards the sexes, that is something which sounds like a horrible thing. I, I understand that. Like, ostensibly speaking, we, we look at things like racism as being horrible. We look at things like sexism as being horrible. But there's so many variables that you can discriminate on. You can discriminate on age. Oh, I don't like the fact that some girls don't want to date me because I'm too young or too old. I don't, like the, or I don't like the fact that some girls that are like six foot seven. I like really tall women. I actually like all women of different heights. I like short women, tall women. But there's some girls don't want to date you because you're not freaking six foot five or some shit like that. I mean, that's discrimination on height. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, obviously, right? I mean, we understand that people have make discrimination on many different variables. People don't want to even associate with you unless, of course, um, you meet certain characteristics. This is not just on a sexual level, but it's also on a social level as well. But for some reason, when it comes to the idea of race, and understandably so, we look at this in a very negative manner. The fact of the matter is people still have a right to do this. I believe in freedom of association. I mean, the only other option is to say that you you is to say that you're willing to advocate for force. You're willing to say that people must people must associate with people that they don't want to associate with. And why would you want to be around someone that doesn't want to be around you anyway? Like I take issue with the government saying that people need to serve me. If I go into some shopkeeper and he's a racist person and doesn't want to serve me, I don't want my money going towards someone like that. I'd much rather take my money and go elsewhere. But because the government is forcing him to do that, it makes it difficult for me to know. And now I have to fund someone that I'd rather not fund. But if people have the right to choose who they want to associate with, well, that's that's life. And it's the same with sexism. Yeah, it's kind of annoying, particularly if you're a woman and there are some people that have these ideas that uh, women are, aren't, you know, can't play sport, women can't do this, women aren't going to be good in the STEM fields and whatnot. And you, what you should do is you should take it upon yourself to prove them wrong. That's what I do. When someone says that I can't do something, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, someone told me that I would never, I would never be form captain or be in the student representative council. Uh, it was just ridiculous that no one was going to vote for me. I said, fuck you. You know what I did? I worked twice as hard. <laughs> and yeah, I, I managed to uh, to get elected. And it's the same attitude that applied in everything else. If you tell me that I can't do something, I'm going to try twice as hard to make that damn thing happen. But for some reason, people, these snowflakes, want to take on this attitude that society has to change as opposed to them changing, as opposed to them taking the efforts to uh, to bend reality to their will. And this is the problem I have with sexism. Yeah, it's not nice when people don't want to associate with you because they have certain ideals about the kind of sex that you are, but they have a right to do that. People have a right if they don't want to. If There's nothing inherently wrong with sexism. <gasps> oh my God, I can't believe you said that. Well, yeah, I said that. Just like there's nothing inherently wrong with racism, it's gross, it's disgusting, and I don't like it. And I think sexism is kind of annoying as well. I think that would be really annoying. Uh, but you know what? I, I don't have a problem with it. I personally, in the same way, I don't have a problem with racism, people being racist towards me because I'm not affected by that kind of stuff. Having said that, I don't like it when people are like that towards other people because I don't like being pe- people being hurt. The fact still remains is people have a right to do that stuff. And the same applies with sexism. Now, granted, I don't have a problem being people, with people being sexist towards me, and I kind of think it's gross when people are sexist towards other people in general. Um, yeah, people have a right to be sexist. People have a right to be racist. People have the freedom to choose whoever they want to associate with, regardless of whether it is sex, whether it is race. Now, granted, I think 
it is incumbent upon us to judge someone not by their sex, not by their race, not by their height, not by their freaking physical characteristics, but by the content of their character. As Martin Luther King Jr. once said, having said that, I'm not going to force people not to do so. and I'm not going to use the power of the government to try to force people to behave in a, in a manner that I think is appropriate. A couple more things, and I will end it there. Uh, obviously, I have an issue with, uh, with discrimination, whether it is... Well, just the idea that discrimination is inherently a bad thing. I don't have a problem with that at all. We all discriminate. We discriminate on many different variables, as I keep saying, in regards to sex. So it's not just the sexism thing. It's the whole idea. This is perpetuated within uh, the book that discrimination is somehow a bad thing. I mean, this is social justice theory, this idea that people do not have a right to discriminate. It comes down with this horrible understanding of rights. I mean, there are two ways of looking at rights. There's looking at it from a social justice worldview where you it's not logically consistent, where you think that if someone is doing something that is hurting your feelings, that they don't have the right to do that. Or you look at it from this perspective, an objective perspective that you do in libertarianism, common law, that people have a right to do whatever they want provided they are not violating your inherent rights. And it works both ways. You can't have a situation where it's okay for you to do something because you're in a different group and it's not okay for someone else to do something because they're in a different group. That's not equality of rights there. That's this ridiculous concept of group group rights, of, of minorities having more rights, which doesn't work. And the, the smallest minority, minority, bear in mind, is the individual. So that's the only thing that you should be looking at in, in regards to rights. The whole concept of group rights, at least from a libertarian mindset, um, doesn't work. The social justice worldview is about feelings. It's about consequences. Oh, you've done something and it hurt my feelings. I've said something to you that was truthful that I, I think would have done better in the long run for you, but now it's hurt you. And now I've offended you. It's hate speech. So I should be punished. As opposed to oh, I've done something that's actually infringed on your person or your property or is is fraud, has resulted in damages to you, in which case I should not have done that. Anyway, um, finally, I think this entire thing like comes down to this feminist idea that there is nothing inherently dis- different between the sexes. And we know, like, unequivocally, unassailably, definitively, Unless you have the IQ of a moron, we understand that there are differences between the sexes, biological, physical distinctions. Obviously, women are prettier, at least to me now. Seriously. Uh, Obviously, that men tend to be bigger, taller, generally speaking, statistically speaking. These are not definitive objectives, but they're so uh, generally, ostensibly the case that you'd have to be disingenuous not to acknowledge this, that men are obviously physically bigger uh, in size. Men tend to be physically stronger, generally speaking. Something I think it's something like thirty percent of um of like men are about have thirty percent more upper body strength than women, generally speaking, and almost fifty percent more lower body strength. Um, more than eighty percent of men can throw further uh, than women. It's and no one no one disputes this. But here's the thing: when it comes to psychological distinctions, here we understand that our physiology shapes who we become. If you were a fat, unattractive person. Obviously, people are going to perceive you differently. People are going to interact with you, and now your entire way of manifesting yourself in reality is different. Your psychology is different as opposed to someone that is really, really pretty, lives in this bubble where everyone treats them, gives them what they want. They will have a different psychology that has been initiated because of their physiology. I mean, that's, that's clearly the case. 
I mean, we can argue about what level that, what your physical characteristics impact who you are, but without a shadow of a doubt, it impacts your psychology on some level. Therefore, it's not crazy to think that because of this, you're going to get certain different outcomes. You're going to find the people that have lived in this uh, world where everyone treats them really sweetly because of the way they look uh, are going to have a different psychology that affects how they succeed in life, the outcomes that they arrive at. So obviously, people are going to get different outcomes depending on who they are, their physical characteristics. The fact that there are clearly physical distinctions between men and women means that we're going to get different outcomes. The idea of just denying the fact that there are clear distinctions between men and women, or pretty much everyone for that matter, but they're, they're quite pronounced when it comes to men and women. Maybe there, we have far more commonalities than we do differences, but the distinctions are still big enough that obviously that's going to manifest in different outcomes. And I think it's, it's so incredibly clear to see the, the connection here. Oh, physically different, affects who you are, affects different outcomes. And the idea of saying that, oh, no, we shouldn't get different outcomes, everyone should get the same outcome because we're all the same, is this Marxist, nonsensical, unwise, and stupid worldview, which I'm, so, I'm sorry to say, it sounds as harsh as I can sound, as I can say right now, is just not going to work in the real world. I mean, I'm totally on board with people trying to achieve that outcome, provided they're not using force or fraud, Provided they are not taking money through from the government of that has been the taxing obviously we've been taxed so essentially stealing money from individuals and using that to uh, to put into these programs to perpetuate feminism I'm not down with that but if you if you want to promote these ideas that are ridiculous you have a right to do that and I also have a right to criticize those those ideas and express them for the bad ideas they are and uh, look in short ladies and gentlemen that is my breakdown of uh, of the book. Is feminism for everyone? In short, um, no, feminism is not for everyone, at least the way it's in defi- it is defined within this book. I believe in the equality of the sexes, the political, economic, and s- social equality, but e- not in quality of outcome. I believe that we should all have opportunities to, uh, to do things for ourselves, provided we're not harming anyone in the process. But I do not believe that we should all have the same things purely because of your sex or your race or any other variable you might want to add there. I think it's something you have to work for. And yeah, you can strive towards it, but I don't think the idea of creating an ideology purely for the aim of trying to make everyone equal in outcome is something noble and should be worth aspiring to. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, brothers and sisters around the world, that is my critique of, well, Feminism is for Everyone by Bell Hooks, Feminism in General. Um, let me know what you think. I know there are going to be a lot of angry feminists out there that are going to be raving on about how I don't understand feminism, blah, 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 blah. And I'm open to a critique. I'm open to a, um, consciousness expansion, as uh, Bell Hooks would often uh, <laughs> um, say in her book. However, um, it when it comes to um, the idea of using force or coercion um, in order to get your ideals, it's something I'm never going to be on board with. And, uh, yeah, that's my stance on that. Peace out. Keep it real. Peace be upon your butt cheeks. Don't drive and text. This is your boy, Chris Hill, the chocolate newbie and soul brother, signing out. Until next time. Give us a thumbs up if you like this video. Thumbs down if you hate it. And be sure to uh, to share this. Tell your mom. Get this out there. Let me know if you want me to do these longer podcasts or uh, do shorter ones. Let me know what you want to see.
Life's purpose is to feel joy. Metaphysical, lyrical, saying enough for truth. The only one to make change is walking in your shoes. Be the example, don't complain about the news. Making music and serving the world with the loo. Now you can be the same, or you can be the change. Find strength from inside, break through the chains. No one to blame, nothing to prove. You create your reality, it's up to you. Be the change. Like an angel, 